Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. This man is going to kick off our series, or well, I mean the message for tonight. Let's Let's pray for him real quick. Lord, we thank you for David. We thank you for everything he is going to speak right to our hearts tonight. And we just invite you to go deep, God. Go deep, Lord. Speak right from him. Give him revelation right from heaven and have it pierce our hearts, Lord. But we bless him. We thank you for him, God, in your name. Amen. All right, David, take it away, man. Hello, hello. Good to see you guys. So this is pretty low, right? I'm a little taller than that, I think. Uh... Um, <laughs> so, oh my gosh. All right. How are you guys doing tonight? All right, okay. We got some cheers. That's something. That's something. Okay. I'm really excited to share with you guys tonight so that I can remind you that y'all are sons. You know what I'm saying? You're sons and daughters of God. If you ever felt like you weren't chosen, pick last for the team, let me tell you, God took you first pick. We're talking first round draft, my friends. And he's not just your father. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So he's not just your father. He's the father who provides for you, right? Because for some of us, we didn't have that figure to provide or we had a father, but they didn't really provide. But God is the father who's fathering you, who provides for you. And I'm so stoked to be speaking with Brianna Madsen tonight. I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. It's going to be awesome. So please cheer for her. Send her some love. Tell her she's awesome. And um, I'm just really excited that for all the mistakes that I make, she just gets to clean up the whole mess. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> when she gets up there, I'm just going to be like, you take it. Take the wheel. Okay. So um, I want to start by, do you see our slide behind us, right? I'm not even going to look because I believe by faith it's there. But right, you know what I'm saying? So God, he's, it's on God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but <laughs> God is our prodigal provider, right? And I think I want to define the word prodigal for you guys. I think we've lost sight of what this definition is, right? We almost think prodigal means wayward. We think it means lost. We think prodigal means wasteful. Words like that come to mind. But actually, if you go to dictionary.com right now, let me tell you, prodigal says wastefully or recklessly extravagant. The idea behind prodigal is actually the word lavish, right? And so the reason it's called the prodigal son is because he lavishly or extravagantly, recklessly was extravagant in the way that he spent his money. Like he was doing like the highest living possible, right? Like here's like living and he's like, boom, I'm just going to go to the top floor suite, you know? And he didn't even have a job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when he didn't just gamble, he went to the table and he bet it all. You know what I mean? That's extravagant, right? And so prodigal just means extravagant. Prodigal means lavish. It means recklessly extravagant. And that's the way in which God loves you prodigally. That's the way in which God provides for you. He's your prodigal provider, the one who extravagantly, recklessly provides for you. So remember when your boy Joel, oh my gosh, I'm so unprepared. I don't know how to salvage this. <laughs> so I brought my journal with me and I was going to read you guys an excerpt from it, uh, from my backpack, but I didn't bring my journal up here. So, um, <laughs> When I was in Nepal in 2017, um, I have a journal entry that basically it said, it's going to be hard for you to find, but yes, that's my backpack. It's, it's kind of, yes? I mean, you can. This is, this is just getting more weird by the second. <laughs> you know, let's give it up for Joel, guys. Thanks. Just, 
All right, this is crazy. So this is when we just believe by faith that it's actually in here. So there's some Xbox controllers in here. Okay, cool. So I actually have a journal entry to read you guys from when I was in Nepal. So Joel just went to Nepal. Remember that? But I went to Nepal in 2017 with Pastor Taylor. So in my journal, I talked about how we met a man, you know, that had been walking around this temple for 15 days, expecting to be healed just by the power of Buddha or by the power of this temple. And when we encountered him, he'd already been walking around this temple for days. He said, yeah, I was trying to walk around it like 100, I think it was 105 times or something like that. But when it didn't happen, I actually just kept walking. And so this man had just been there for days, just walking around the temple. And when we prayed for him, we saw God heal him with supernatural power, which is just so awesome. And then to celebrate our day and all the miracles that happened, we went out for a nice dinner at a place that had a bunch of American comfort foods. We're talking mac and cheese and all this stuff. And I was like, I want to get fish and chips, right? And so I ordered some fish and chips. And then at the end of the night, I was just feeling so electric, so happy. I'm like, God broke through for that man. It was so awesome. I got to have American food in Nepal. I haven't had fish in like two weeks. You know, I was super stoked. I'm like, I always wanted to try fish in foreign countries, especially Japan. And people told me, hey, be a little careful with fish, right? Just make sure it's really well cooked. And I'm like, how can you get better cooked than fried, right? (laughs) So I wrote down in my journal, if you had one day of ministry left in a foreign nation, what would you do? Dot, dot, dot. And I was like really excited for what we're going to do for the last day in Nepal. And the rest of my journal entry just details all this crazy stuff of basically where I had horrible traveler sickness and diarrhea. Like not going to explain all of it, but I was exploding from both ends. And this was like, this was like 530 and it really was both at once. And so waking up early in the morning and going through that and trying to clean up the horrific and just smelly mess (laughs) that was created. I just was so exhausted by 8am when my teammates woke up, you know, by the time they were kind of like awake, I was just like, I'm already like legit dying. I've already exploded many times. And my lips had actually changed colors. They turned completely white at this point because my body couldn't keep down fluids. I mean, it was crazy. I thought it was just some fish, right? But it almost killed me. (laughs) And so I remember laying there on my side, telling them about how I was suffering, right? And they were going to go to this meeting in like an hour or something like that. Um, And basically, right as they were about to leave, I just remember saying out loud, man, I wish I had Cifro. And in that moment, I just kind of was like praying like, God, it doesn't make sense. The hospital in this third world country, they wouldn't have it. But I just wish I had Cifro right now. My brother, literally, this is a true story. My brother told me like a couple days before I left for Nepal, he's like, hey man, actually he gave me a month notice and then he called me again to make sure I did it. <laughs> and he said, hey man, you need to get this thing called Cifrolaxin. So if you get sick in Nepal, it'll save your life. I almost died in the Philippines because I got food poisoning. And here I was hearing the voice of my brother, like you need to get Cifro and the doctor wouldn't give it to me because it's a prescription medication. But suffice to say, when I said I need Cifro in that moment, um, Basically, one of my friends named Kellen, you guys don't know this guy, but he's awesome. He's like, I got Cifro right now. And he just reached into his backpack and he gave it to me. And it was crazy. As soon as he gave it to me, I took it with just a little bit of liquids. I immediately threw it up and other nasty things, you know, because I couldn't keep any fluids down. But in the moment that I took it, in the moment that they prayed for me, that God answered that prayer, that I got that antibiotic type drug thing. And you're supposed to take it multiple days and multiple ones throughout the day, but I just took one, right? I think I took two, but I just took one dose, right? (laughs) And we were able to get something in a third world country. I knew in the moment when they prayed for me, I was going to be okay. And I was still suffering. 
a lot. And uh, Pastor Taylor actually stayed with me throughout the whole process, which is really crazy. He didn't go to the meeting. He stayed with me. But God provided exactly what I needed in that moment. And even over the top, he had a whole bottle of Cifro. I don't know why I only took one. But anyways, I did fully recover <laughs> from this sickness. I didn't want to overdose because we didn't have a doctor. So anyways, tonight I want to talk to you guys about the God who provides about the God who is there for you in any moment, in your lowest moment and in every moment. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the Father who calls you son. And because you're a son, you know that like me, he's going to provide for your daily needs, whatever that actually is. And that our thankfulness actually releases the door for God to provide even more. And so those are going to be our points tonight that God has called you his son, that because you're a son or a daughter, you can ask and he will provide what you need in the moment. And that if you're thankful, then you won't stop asking and you'll open the door for him to release more. Because if you stop being thankful for what God's given him, you'll actually be the one who quits asking, not him quit pouring out on you. So we have been adopted as sons and boom, right on the screen behind me, it's going to be John 1, 12. It's going to be awesome. It says, God looks at us and he calls us son. Like it says in John 1, 12, it says, but to all who did receive him, this is Jesus, and who believed in his name, in the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. So that's you. I'm telling you right now, that's you. Jesus came to give you, he suffered and died so that you could be a son so that you could be a daughter. So don't forget to use, believe, accept, and to be a son, and to be a daughter. And uh, you can put Romans 8.15 up there. I ain't going to read it. But basically, the spirit inside of you, it's crying out, Abba, Father, so that just in case you don't believe that you're a son of God, Holy Spirit inside of you, he doesn't just convict you of sin. He actually is crying out, and he's saying, hey, you're a child of God. Hey, you're not a slave. Hey, you, cry out to God right now, because you're a son because you're a daughter. And if you ask him, he's going to provide for you. He's going to give you what you need. So we see that because we're sons, we can ask Jesus for food. If Romans 8, 15 is up there, you can take it down. So next we see that we can ask for provision, even in the Lord's prayer, which we're not going to lead tonight. When Jesus taught us how to pray, he said, start praying like this. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Give us this day our daily bread, right? That's what Jesus was saying in that moment. He wasn't saying, pray that you have toast every day, which in Nepal, we actually did have toast every day. Thank you, Jesus. But he was saying, pray that God would meet your daily needs. He was encouraging us to ask daily of God the things that we need in that moment and to expect that because he's the father and he's good and because we're the son that he's going to provide it. Shout out to Bible study on Monday. We were reading through Matthew 7, verses 8 through 11. Boom. And it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. Right? And it kind of goes on. And it basically says a little bit further down. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give that son a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? What I want to point your attention to is in the moment is that the son doesn't receive until he asks. It's in the moment that he asks, hey, can I have bread? That's the moment he's going to receive. And he's saying, look, even you guys, you're not God. You're not perfect. But when your son asks you for food, you'd give it to him. It's like this, guys. Like if my dad went to Wendy's or something like that, right? And he comes home, he could be like eating the hamburger and be like, hey, dad, can I have half your hamburger? Now, if I just ask some guy on the street, hey, I'm hungry, can you get me food? 
Maybe they'll buy me food. Maybe they won't. But if I go to my dad and I say, dad, can I have some food? He's going to give it to me. Even if I'm just being lazy, no matter what the context is, he's just going to give it to me because I'm his son and because he loves me. Children do this all the time. They're like, dad, I don't want to have a snack. And you know, Unless you're being crazy and eating like 35,000 candies, most of the time you're just going to get food, right? Especially if it's something you need in the moment. He's just going to provide it. Not even thinking about what's it going to cost the family. Is there going to be enough? He's just like, here, take it. Even if it's his food. And what I want to break off of you guys tonight is that lack mindset. I think sometimes when we grow up believing that we're orphans or that we're not accepted, we don't think there's going to be enough. And that's what I believe God wanted to minister tonight. He wanted to convince you that there will always be more than enough. God always provides for us, and in abundance, he prodigally provides for us, right? More than you can ask or think, more than you were even expecting. There will be more than enough, and you getting your provision isn't taking away from the provision that he has in in infinite, infinity, infinite, that he has for everyone else as well. There's more than enough. We actually receive provision from him when we believe that he has so much that we can be bold to ask. Because if we thought he was running out of food, if we thought he was running out of provision, I'm sure you guys have felt that tension in your family before where you're like, I don't know if I want to ask for that because things are tight right now. Things are never tight for Jesus. He, he's just waiting and willing to pour out that goodness on you. And this is how you can receive from him. So because we know that he provides for us and that he loves us so much, I think that if we continue to be thankful, it'll encourage us to keep asking God for more. I don't have time to read the story, but when Jesus prayed for the food to multiply, he gave thanks, and that's when the miracle came. Many times it's like that for us. Like me asking for that Cifro, asking for that antibiotic medication in a third world country. Me thanking God is what opened the door for him to provide in the moment, and me asking, right? And so I think if we don't take a moment to stop and thank God for what he has provided for us, we'll start to let that lie creep into our heart again that maybe there's not going to be enough, that maybe God doesn't heal me, but if we were, he doesn't, you know, provide for me. But if we keep being thankful for what he has done, we will hold on to the motivation to keep asking, God, this is what I need. Ask him for what you need today. What do you need today? What's on your mind today? Is it about that test Let him fight your battle today. Sometimes your breakthrough is on the other side of your thankfulness. And whether you feel it or not in the moment, lift your hands and thank God for what he has done in your life. I think entering into our blessing as son starts with asking, but it finishes with thanking him for what he's done and thanking him for what he's giving us. Right? Man, that's a good verse, but we're not going to read it tonight. So we can call upon the Lord as sons, but in order to receive provision, we have got to ask for it. Ask God for it. Ask him. Just like that father. He's like, dude, I didn't know you were hungry. I would have given you my Wendy's. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, come on, just ask me. If you want that baked potato, it's yours. You know, you're my son, right? Or daughter, you know what I'm saying? So just ask for the Wendy's, dude. So ask him and then thank him for what you're receiving. And that'll keep that heart in you that there's always going to be more than enough, that he's always going to provide for me. Your son, your daughter, so ask and say thank you. I mean, this is literally what kids do. They walk up to their dad and they're like, dad, can I have that? And then he gives it to them. They're like, thanks. You know, you've seen kids do this before, right? And even if that wasn't your childhood because life was rough, God wants to be that and do that with you. Where you ask him and you say, hey, I need Cifro. Hey, I need food. Hey, I need money. Hey, I need peace. I need joy. I need an answer to the anxiety. I need it. And he just wants to say, here you go. 
And then you get to say thanks and believe that more is coming. There's more joy. There's more peace. Him giving Aaron peace doesn't take peace away from Trevor. He's got more than enough to go around. There's plenty of Wendy's tonight. And they now have a new birthday cake, Frosty. So, anyways. <laughs> so, our place in light of God's provision is not to make it happen through our own efforts. But our place in light of God's provision is to be thankful and to receive. And so, sometimes the question comes to our mind is, how can we trust God to really provide? What is it about God that makes it that we know that more is coming? How can you know that more is coming? Well, someone else is coming right now, (laughs) and so they're going to speak and share more. But Brianna's going to tell you more about what we see about God, who he is, and how that unlocks the key to knowing that more is coming and that God will provide, not just provide, period, provide for you, not just provide for you, but provide for you, his daughter, you, his son. So join me in welcoming you up, Brianna Madsen. Thanks, David. How's everyone doing tonight? Yeah, pretty good. For those who don't know, my name is Brianna, and I'd like to tell you about my closest friend. Who here has a close friend? Raise your hand. What would you say are some of the characteristics of that friend? Like, shout him out, go for it. Amazing, loyal, joyful, respectful, supportive, determined. So a few that would describe my close friend would be good, strong, loving, provider, father, trustworthy, and so many more. For those of you who have guessed, my closest friend is God. And I would say some of the most standout characteristics of him is he is good, he is provider, and he is trustworthy. God is good in every situation. He is provider in everything I need, not necessarily everything I want. And he is trustworthy with all that I have. So God is good. I've heard this my entire life. I grew up in a Christian home, and I'd hear it in all the things. But I would read it in the Bible, and I'd hear stories, such as in Psalms 119, 68. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Or Psalm 73, 1. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Neiman 1.7, God is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. So again, God is good, but I needed to know this for myself, not just what I read in the word of God. For those of you who don't know, I was diagnosed with asthma at 17 months old. Um, Asthma is a lung disorder where the bronchial tubes close up and make it very hard to get air in and out of your lungs, making it very hard to breathe. And sometimes these attacks will last from a couple minutes to two, three weeks. And it can be scary. So I am now 26 years old. I've had it for 25 years. And in those moments that I've had asthma, it doesn't always feel like God is good. And so when I was sick or scared that I wouldn't wake up the next day because I was having such a bad asthma attack, I would question, is God good? Because I wasn't seeing it right in front of me. But I slowly started to see that in every situation I was in, if it be an asthma attack, school assignment that I was struggling with, um, relationship problems, or just understanding who I was, I started to see that God's love for me wasn't dictated by my situation. And I started to see that he was good in every situation, no matter what I was going through. I started to see that in his creation, he created life, and I could see the tangible goodness and the beauty of people's faces in trees, in life, and as I was breathing in him, I could see and feel his goodness. So his love is greater than my situation, 
and in his love I have peace. And I saw that he made me in his image and called me good. Just like in Genesis 1.31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There was evening and morning, the sixth day. He knew what was good because he himself is good. God is goodness. And I finally started to have an understanding of this verse. Psalm 60, sorry, Psalms 34.8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So taste and see. How many of you like, like a cookie, like ice cream? If, if like you have a really, really good cookie, you taste it and you're like, oh man, this is so good. It's your automatic reaction is you taste it and think this is good. In the same way, I started to taste and see that God was good. And I finally had this grasp of this verse that I'd read my entire life again. I experienced his goodness in my situation. And as I experienced his goodness, I started to see more characteristics of God. And that led me to start seeing how he was providing for me, even in the situations where I wasn't at first seeing him as good. So who is God as provider? What are some areas that you need, such as you need a home, you need food, you need to feel loved, you need help with homework. Sometimes you need help learning how to dream. Sometimes you even need help walking when you're a baby. All these different areas, you need to have these different needs that God wants to meet. So I have another story for you guys. About two and a half years ago, I'd moved back home to California from a six-month program called YWAM, Youth with a Mission. Um, I had no job. I had no direction in my life except, God, where do you want me to go? And I needed something to happen. Um, I'd spent my entire life going from school to school to school, and then I did six months of YWAM, and then I had no direction. First time in my life. So within about three weeks, I got a job with, from a reference of a friend, and it only lasted about two and a half months. And this happened three times for over a year. I went from job to job to job because they were temp jobs. They'd end after about three months. Um, for me, I started to find my identity in my, what I was doing, and it was really hard to go from job, no job, job, no job, job, no job. And out of nowhere, February 2018, no jobs came anymore. I interviewed, I submitted, did cover letters, resumes, nothing, six months. And during that time, it was a lot of being at home, a lot of, God, what am I doing? A lot of trying to figure out how to interact with my friends again because all of them had jobs and or were going to school. And I kind of felt like a failure. I was like, okay, God, I really, really need a job. Like, I need one now. And then in May and June, he started to talk and say, hey, Brianna, you're going to get a job in August. I was like, no, 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 God, I need one now. That's in two months from now. He's like, no, 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 you'll get one in August. I was like, no, 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 I really, really need one now because that's what I need. He's like, no, you're okay. So I kept pursuing jobs because it was the right thing to do and that's what I needed to do, but no one came. Also during this time, our church was going to Africa and I had no money in my bank account other than what I had kind of saved, which paid for food and gas. I was living at home, so I had a place to stay. And within the last couple days of that, we were allowed to sign up for the job, or sign up to go to Africa, I got a phone call. And on the phone call, I said, hey, we really feel like God's calling you to Africa. We're going to give you $4,000. And in a phone call, I had $4,000. And I had asked God, God, I really want to go on this trip. I have no way of going. And he told these people that, hey, we want you to go. Separately, they came together and said that and gave me $4,000. I was like, Okay, and it was literally to the dollar the exact amount I needed because we even got stuck in France when half our team wasn't there. And it just worked out so perfectly how everything worked out. 
So I came home on July 18th or 28th, and on August 2nd, I got a call for an interview for Cal State San Marcos. I'd put my job or I put my resume in about two months earlier, a month earlier. And they say, hey, we'd really like you to come in for an interview. I went in for an interview, and by August 20th, I had a job working at Cal State San Marcos. I've been there about a year and a half now, and it's literally the perfect job for me. It's so catered to me, and I've learned so much in it, and all the things that I do need to learn, I've learned in that job. Not only that, during the six months that I had, I learned habits that I didn't have before. I learned how to cook. I learned about getting up on time, setting my own routine, not based on what I had to do, but having to do it myself. Mm-hmm. I learned habits like doing my laundry a day of the week instead of just when it was all dirty. And all these things that I learned about myself and developed myself, I would not have unless I had that six months. So even though I thought I needed a job then, God knew better. Like I said earlier, something that I wanted versus what I needed. See, God provided in every need I needed in my life, even though my wants might have been different at the time. But when I looked back and I saw his goodness... I saw that the way he provided for me was exactly what I needed at the time. Like it says in Philippians 4.19, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. You see, when we're talking about Jesus, God provided a way for us back into relationship with him by giving his son Jesus, a blameless, sinless man, in place of us, in place of me, who have sinned and fallen short glory of God. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, who believes in him and shall not perish, but have eternal life. God gave up the one thing that was so precious to him, and he provided a way for us. By his goodness and his love, he did that for us. So God not only provides for our little needs, such as I need a job to, I'd really like to go to Africa, which is not a need I needed, but he provided that. Two, he restored my life by giving his love and giving his son by his goodness. So God will supply every need of yours. But some of you might be asking right now, I have situations and places that God has not met and that I don't see him as provider. I don't have answers to these specific questions, but what I can say is God is trustworthy even when we don't understand. So this is the third characteristic about God, is God is trustworthy. Trust is a firm belief in reality, truth, and ability and strength of someone or something. I have one last story for you. So do you remember how I came back from Africa in July the 28th? That same day I landed, my dad broke his foot. And that day changed my life forever. That being my dad has diabetes, meaning if his foot gets hurt, it doesn't heal very easily. I am now a year and a half into this situation with my dad, and it's still not better. He's had two infections, two surgeries, two times he's almost died. And now he walks with a thing called a freedom leg and he can only walk for short periods at a time. At times, I wasn't even sure if my dad would be able to walk me down the aisle. And that was a really scary thing for me. So I saw God provide in these other ways where I needed a job. I saw him provide me go to Africa, but something that was so close to my heart where I wanted my dad healed, I hadn't seen yet. But then I remembered that God is good no matter what, and that God provides in every situation, not always in the ways that we want, but as I looked back at those other times where I was like, God, I really wanted these things, but you provided my needs. I know he is good in this one as well. And he's worthy of my trust. So that brings me to, I'm going to make the choice right here to trust God even in my uncertainty. So I'm going to say it one more time. I made the choice right now to be thankful and to trust God in his goodness that he'll provide for my every need, even in my, un, um, in my uncertainty. 
I'll choose to not stop believing that God is good and that he'll provide, even if my understanding, I don't have it, because my understanding does not change the goodness of God. Our situations don't change God's character. Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things, sorry, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. We have been called according to his purpose. There's a guy named Paul in the Bible. He wrote much of the New Testament, and he experienced many types of situations, from being shipwrecked twice, he was stoned, he's gone hungry, he's also been full, he was fully educated, and thrown in jail. But in all those situations, he had a heart of um, contentment and trustworthy and praising God. He had a heart of thanksgiving. Second Philippians 4, 12. I know, to, sorry, I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it be a full stomach, empty, with plenty or little. This is how I want to live my life because the characteristics of God does not change even if my situation isn't good or if my situation's the best it's ever been. So my last verse I want to share with you is Psalms 136, 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his, ever, his loving kindness is everlasting. So thank you guys so much. We're going to go ahead and invite Pastor Taylor up. So good. Way to go. Way to go. Wasn't that awesome, guys? How many of you guys got something good out of that, both of them? So good. I love that, that, oh, man, that the situation doesn't change God's character. Like, he's good all the time. Like, he's good all the time. And I, I believe that is one of the most profound, deepest revelations that we can have as Christians. And every test, every lie, everything the devil throws at you is trying to change this one truth, is God good? Is God good, right? Every every single test, it's to ask you, are, am I still good? Yes, even now. Every trial, am I still good? Yes, even now, God. Every, every time you don't understand, is God still good? And they totally answered that question and went after that. So way to go, guys. Seriously, don't take this as just a cool teaching. Get this deep in your hearts that God is good no matter what, no matter what circumstance. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.